Welcome to Daring Dialogues. I'm your host tonight, Shante Charles. Again, if you are a replay viewer, thank you for catching the replay. If you're joining us live, thank you for hitting the share, sharing this out on your various platforms. So tonight is our Healthy Wealthy Wise segment in our Finance Friday. Um, As I already stated, we're going to be getting into some readings beginning next week, but I wanted to sort of start this week off just talking in general, but I also want to share with you one of the books that we are going to be reading for Fridays so that you can um, grab it, you can get it from your library, you can download the audio book, you can purchase it if you want to join us in reading this particular book. It is entitled Get Good With Money by Tiffany Aliche. 10 Simple Steps to Becoming Financially Whole. So we're going to be jumping into this on next Friday. So tonight's broadcast is not going to be very long on my end. Um, I'm just going to share with you some interesting finds concerning the current state of our U.S. economy. Um, Now, of course, we know that there are people that watch us and listen from all around the world, but tonight we're primarily focusing on the United States economy and why reading something like Getting Good With Money is something that we're going to be doing over the coming weeks. So just a little bit about what is the current state of the U.S. economy. This is um, from usafacts.org. And this is based on 2020 numbers, you know, as we are still in 2021. So the gross domestic product or the GDP for the United States decreased by 3.5% in 2020. It was the lowest growth rate in our economy since 1946. The average annual unemployment rate in 2020 was 8.1%. Now, this is lower than the annual averages during the Great Recession in 2009, um, which was at 9.3%, 2010, which was at 9.6%, and 2011, which was at 8.9%. But get this, those are just the unemployment rates overall. This is not the unemployment rate for Black America. It's much higher than that. Um, Also, the economy lost 9.4 million jobs in 2020, which was a 6.2% decrease from 2019. Lots of um, concern around the fact that, you know, for 2020, because of the pandemic, lots of small businesses closed and um, even some major retailers closed locations permanently. So, a lot of these jobs that were lost are not jobs that are going to come back or return because many of them were connected to small business owners who most of them closed down permanently. So these are some uh, things that people are concerned about. These are the facts. These are not conjectures. Okay. The U.S. not only has right now the largest internal market for goods, but we also dominate the service trade industry. The U.S. total trade amounted to $4.2 trillion, and this was back in 
2018. And it has, um, again, that GDP growth has jumped to 7.39. So it is growing just a little bit, but there's still a concern about the number of jobs that was lost. So how is the U.S. economy doing so far in 2021? Economists expect growth of around 7% this year, which would be the strongest performance since 1984. The International Monetary Fund, on um, this was in July, they boosted its growth forecast for the United States to 7% in 2021 and 4.9% growth estimated in 2022. So those are the fiscal forecasts for the United States. Um, many economists have said that our decline for our econ- economy is over because the GDP has been rising and that um, the United States is on track to jump 7.5% in the second quarter of 2021, which we have recently passed. So this was back in July 2021. Um, and so economists at the time were thinking, hey, this this COVID recession that we were in, they believed that we were past it. But now there is some concern because of the Delta variant and the number of cases that are continuing to rise around the country, um, whether or not we are as a country going to be able to hold on to these increases, or if we're going to see this country going again into a recession of some kind because of the Delta variant. Now, in terms of like specific jobs and specific labor issues that are occurring, I know right now for um, the school systems around the nation, there is a huge concern around that um, with the number of, with the shortage of bus drivers That means people are not willing to um, drive students to public schools with the shortage of um, cafeteria or food service workers in public school systems. Those are two areas that they're, they're having a hard time getting people to want to even take those jobs because of the low wages. And so when you have low wages plus high risk, right, for um, disease or high risk for contagion based on where you're working in the system, um, it does not bode well. And so um, a couple of articles are out about that. You can Google it um, that discusses, you know, the, the difficulty that they're having finding people that want to um, take on those jobs because for both of them, the workers are saying, hey, we are afraid of coming into contact with children who may um, have the COVID, who may have um, COVID-19, and they are unvaccinated. So this is something that is concerning because if you don't have those those persons there, especially in terms of transportation, um, counties in, in certain states are offering vouchers for parents to offset some of that cost for the parents that have to like get Uber or get Lyft to get their children to school, but it's still not covering all of the extra added cost because these drivers 
are not showing up. There, there, there are several states that are reporting that the drivers are calling out every single day. So the drivers are calling out, but parents still have an obligation to get their children to school, whether a driver shows up or not. So it is actually um, causing a further burden to the parents. And some parents are reporting that, hey, I can't do my job because now my job every single day is to figure out how my children are going to get to school. Um, One of the things that we talked about in season nine was the fact that these things were going to snowball. We talked about how they weren't really going to see, people weren't really going to see the effects of last school year until this school year when they realized that there's a shortage of not just drivers, not just um, food prep workers, but also a shortage of teachers. And that is actually playing out now. And I say all this to say, that many times people who are making decisions at the top are not listening to the people who are on the ground. They're not listening to the people who are on the front lines. They're not listening to the people um, who have to be putting themselves on the line, on the front line every single day. And because they have not been listening, because they have been passing policies, um, sort of, I would say, on the on the Uh, penthouse level. They've been passing policies on the penthouse level, but they're not listening to the people working in the basement. And so what you're seeing is workers who are basically saying, I'm going to show you better than I can tell you that I'm not going to put myself in a position to be harmed, even though um, you are creating these policies that is not taking my life into account. So what you're seeing is Uh, a a visual physical pushback against policies that have been created on the penthouse level and because they have not been listening to people they have not I can tell you as a as an educator myself they are not listening to educators (laughs) they're not listening they're not listening to educators they're not listening to counselors they're not listening to principals they're not definitely not listening to the food service workers and they're not listening to the bus drivers so this is why you're starting to see these shortages because this is their way of saying you're trying to negotiate something without involving us in the negotiations you're trying to force an open economy And that includes getting students back in schools. You're trying to force something and you're not communicating with the people that it's going to directly affect. Um, You're going to see more of this. I can can just tell you that right now. Um, There are now schools that are, um, they are now schools that are hiring whole tutoring companies to deal with the fact that they are, they have a shortage of teachers. Hear what I just said. There are now school districts that are hiring, outservicing your child's education with tutors who may or may not be qualified, who may or may not have a degree, who may or may not have a teacher certification at all to service your child's educational needs. I just want you to think about that. So you have a you have a pullback of certified qualified teachers saying 
in their own way, we're not willing to put our life at risk to be in this space because there are other things that could have been done. Um, They could have spent the first half of the year assessing the effect of the Delta variant on the nation at large. They could have chosen, the Department of Education could have chosen to say, you know what? Because we value the lives of our students and we value the lives of the families that they're connected to and we value the lives of the teachers and the teaching assistants, we're going to go ahead and do the first part of, of the school year virtually just so we can see how our nation is handling the Delta variant as we see cases rising. But no, they didn't do that. They chose to go ahead with their penthouse plan And now the nation is starting to see the results of that, of them actually not listening to the teachers unions and the school board. Yeah, they're they're going to see, you're going to see and hear more about this as the year goes on because they didn't listen to begin with. So just kind of giving you a heads up, if you're a parent, this is something that you want to pay attention to. Um, If your child is being told that, you know, hey, they have to do virtual or they're being sent home for a certain period of time. If your, you know, child is being, class is being quarantined, you want to pay attention to how your school district is handling this. Whether or not they're using um, actual substitute teachers or whether or not they're using a tutoring system to provide what they call supplemental types of education for your children. So this is something that you want to think about, you want to um, take a look at, and that is what I wanted to share with you on this evening. So again, next Friday, we're going to be starting Get Good With Money by Tiffany Alice for our Finance Fridays, and we're going to be looking into budgeting specifically. So if you want to join us in that reading and you want to get your own copy and sort of follow with us, um, you can do that. Again, we'll be starting that reading on next Friday. So we've got about 15 minutes here for this evening. If you want to come on and speak to what I've shared, we have talked about the economy. We've talked about some trends happening in the economy. We've talked about um, the shortages that are occurring in the public school system in regards to bus drivers, food service workers, and as well as teachers and what is being done on the national level, what's being done in some counties and what is be, what is happening uh, locally and how the Delta variant and COVID-19 is playing into that. So if you want to speak on those uh, issues and areas, you wanna share how you are getting your budget together as uh, our economy is is yet doing its thing um, as people are yet pivoting in terms of um, how are they going to sustain themselves economically as people shift and change jobs. If you want to share in any of that, feel free to hit the video button and I will bring you in for discussion. Again, we've got about 15 minutes. So um, when you come in, please be mindful of the time so we can make sure that everyone gets an opportunity to share.
Good evening. Good evening. I just want to say that I noticed when I live that the children come home so much later because they do have a shortage here in uh, Carolina. So they come home a lot later. I, I noticed I can hear the air brakes from the bus from my neighbor next door. And the first day of school, I was like, it's almost six o'clock. But then when I started hearing that they were saying that they didn't have enough drivers and, and parents trying to make a way to get their children to school. But also here, you have parents that are protesting about the children wearing masks to school. Yeah. So it's like, when you when you look at the upper level of decisions, like you said, they didn't take in consideration the health and welfare of the teachers, nor the, nor the children, nope. and the fact that they could not deal with the fact we have we have these buildings mm-hmm. and so we we're gonna close them up and uh we can't do that because we need these open for whatever means of money so i look at it like that it's more like people they're more concerned about the dollars than they are about lives so and i, I and i want to i want to say something to that because um Several conversations are happening around that. Number one, there are some state department stipulations that for every child, I think it's like, depending on what state you're in, but for every child that's in a building, I know here in Maryland, it's like $13,000 is given for every child that's in a building. Well, if we're in a pandemic, there's there's no reason why they cannot create a policy like they do with everything else. There's no reason why they can't create a policy that deals with a state of emergency for the nation that's, that suspends that qualification that a child has to be in a space to receive state funding, right? So there are ways that they can get around this so-called policy that children must be in a building. You see what I'm saying? They don't, it doesn't have to be this way. It really doesn't. Um, The other piece, when you talked about um, the mask wearing, again, because there has been so many mixed messages between states, right? And so much disinformation about mask wearing, this is why you're having some people you know, some there are some counties where the parents are protesting to have, make all the students wear masks. And then on the other hand, you have some states and counties protesting the exact opposite. And again, I'm going to I'm going to put that back on the people who started putting out the information to begin with, because there's been so many mixed messages around it. So the the reality is, if your child is elementary and middle school, that's generally the population, those two, that cannot be vaccinated at all right now. If you're 12 and under, you can't be vaccinated at all. So So the thing is, why would you send all of these unvaccinated children into a space where COVID-19 is a, is going is going around and and delta knowing that they could possibly get it they may not die from it 
but they could possibly become carriers of it and bring it back to their households. Why would you yes. why would you open up the school year knowing this as a sure possibility? So from what I've gathered recently, there's over 200,000 children currently that have been infected with COVID-19. The other piece um, is the building situations itself. I know here in the state of Maryland, one of the um, issues has been the number of buildings that are very, very old that keep breaking down where the AC is not working, right? And that's one of the things they talked about is if you're in a building to make sure that there's proper air flowing and proper circulation and all of that. So when these buildings, AC units and air things break down, guess what? They have to, they still have to close the entire building and they're sending children home anyway. Because according to the standards, right, for air quality and all of that, they still can't have the students in the building. So now it's like you've got old buildings that are not up to the standards of being able to deal with a pandemic that it, with an airborne disease, virus. So you've got the building issue. You've got the, the children who are unvaccinated issue. And it's like you would think that we knew this going into this school year that you would have begun to make some plans around that. Because here's the issue. If one county is sending all of their students home for the day and they're not getting that instruction, then that means that you're now making education again unequal. Exactly. Because over here in certain neighborhoods, everything works. The buildings are brand new. The students don't have to miss that day of instruction. Over here in these neighborhoods, the buildings are worn down. The, the, the AC isn't working. So those students get sit home and they're missing that instruction time. So now you have inequity happening in the, in the number of days that students are getting that instruction. And like I said before, they don't have enough teachers to cover this stuff. So now they're so now they're outsourcing your child's education to tutoring companies. And in, and in tutoring companies, your child may get a tutor that does not have a college education. They may not be state certified. They may not even be qualified for the subject that they are being assigned. And and your child is now dependent on somebody who may not even be able to teach that subject but they're just there they're just assigned to it yeah it's it's a lot happening and i'm trying to keep people sort of abreast of what's happening on the education side because i need people to understand that this stuff is this is serious it's serious we we know that some students did well working at home virtually and we know some students did not do well and they did and they they struggled with being able to keep up yes so i know here in maryland there was an entire school district that gave every student a social promotion whether they whether they learned or not 
Yes. Because of the pandemic. Now, that social promotion means we passed your child on to the next grade, whether or not they understood and got all the concepts that they were supposed to get in that grade level. Wow. And so while some people were like, Ooh, yeah, my child went to the next grade. I'm like, you better make sure that you go back and make sure your child understood the concepts they were supposed to learn in that grade. And if they didn't, then as a parent, you've got to say, am I going to spend some money? Am I going to spend, you know, some of my income or even with the earned, the uh, child tax credit that's coming every month? Am I going to dedicate some of that money to a tutor to help my child make sure they're in the place that they need to be? What it, What am I going to do? Pastor Ben, I want to make sure you get an opportunity to share. Yes, I want to touch on two things. Okay, because last year, when a certain administration was trying to get people to go back to school, but then, which we had no business doing it then either, you say, just do it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that was the words, just do it. I don't see why it can't be done. Because you don't have the proper things set. Number one, you don't have the proper things set to do it, which they're still not set. Right. But you're better equipped now than you were then. Yeah. But as you said, it's the high ups making the policies. That's um, it. It's like, do, do the high-ups get paid to not think? <laughs> or, or, I mean, we're in a pandemic. It's, it's like people, I had I had a landlord that would use large words around everybody, right? I understood what he was saying, but I had to explain to him, listen, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are people that don't understand what you said. I say, I, just, I understand perfectly. You know what he tell me? He say, well, I'm not going to lower myself enough. I say, no, you're supposed to be a teacher. <laughs> what does a teacher do? The basic principle of teaching is to find the level that a person is on, meet them there, and bring them up. Is that not correct, teacher? You meet them there, you explain, and you break right. down concepts and simplify what yes. is being done. Yes. And so one of the simple things that I'm trying to get parents to understand right now is that if there are not enough teachers to teach your children, your child's education right now is being outsourced across the country to tutoring companies. I happen to be working for several of those tutoring companies, so I'm not speaking from what I heard. I'm speaking from what I know. And I'm telling you that all of these tutoring companies do not require the tutors to have a college degree. They do not require, some of these do not require tutors to be certified by their state. Some of these companies do not require the tutors to even um, have studied that subject matter. So you could have somebody who is a adult, right? That your child's class has been sourced to and it may be a math class and that adult may not be an expert in math. You understand what I'm saying? So So the issue so the problem is, right? Even if your child's class is being outsourced to a tutor, does that tutor know how to help your child? 
right? Exactly. So right. I happen to be, I happen to work with a lot of companies that are excited because why? I have 20 years of teaching. I've been uh-huh. certified to teach. I have yes. taught uh-huh. several, several subject matters for elementary, middle, yes. and high school. So mm-hmm. for them, it's like, you're, you are gold. <laughs> right? Considering everything that's happening. And so, yes, as um, Lady Kimberly said, homeschooling may be the option that a lot more, a lot more parents have to consider as the school year goes on. Um, I was trying to find the article, I think it was from the Department of Ed, and they were talking about a record number of educators retired this past summer. And I'm going to tell you why they retired. Because they saw what was coming for this school year and they said, heck to the no. They said, no. Why am I going to get to the end of my tenure or almost to the end of my tenure because some of them retired early. Why am I going to get to almost the end of my tenure and you all want to put me in a dangerous situation for my health and my safety? Yes. That's why we had a record number of retirements. And I tried to warn people about this as we ended the summer. I tried to say, listen, you're not going to see the effects of the number of teachers that retire until this school year gets started. Because they weren't telling parents that all of these teachers were not coming back. Right. They weren't telling parents. Go ahead. I just want to speak real quick on the economy. Because if we all remember, I keep pointing this out to people. When they did the first stimulus, they gave the bulk of it to to big companies. Mm -hmm. See, who didn't need it. The small companies, small businesses, you were basically stuck. You didn't get anything. So, and we all, as you said, and this was something that something that our Mark Cuban pointed out, multi-billionaire, self-made, owner of the Dallas Mavericks. He pointed out the money should be given to small businesses and the people that are struggling. Why? Because they spend money. Mm-hmm. That in turn keeps their businesses going. It keeps the economy going, and you don't have to pump money fake to, to make make it look like look like uh, 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 Wall Street is doing so good and make it fake. Yeah. Wall Street really would have been doing good because people would have been spending money and buying product. See, but it was about making the wealthy wealthier, and the people that need it forget them. They just gonna spend it. Yeah, that's the idea. Yeah. We spend. That's what that's what drives the economy. Yeah. The, the biggest group of consumers in this country are who? <laughs> okay? They didn't want us to have the money. Right. They didn't want us to have it. I don't know. Oh, we give it to them. I know it's going to drive the economy, but we don't. that'll be too much like reparations. We don't want to give them that. <laughs> See, you know. Yeah, I mean, even a study came out. I think it was either Harvard or Yale. They did a study and said, literally, that had they given reparations to black Americans, it would have literally saved lives. That's what I read. Yes, yes. I I read that too, yeah. And so you can't tell me that you are doing what's best for my community. You can't tell me that you're you're really concerned about black people staying alive 
but you don't want to give reparations. Right. So that's a whole other topic for another time. Listen, I want to keep this brief and short tonight. I thank you all for your time and attention. Uh, We will do a longer segment on next Friday because we'll be getting into um, Get Good With Money. But this has been another episode of Daring Dialogues, and I've been your host tonight, Shantae Charles. I want to thank you again for your time and attention. If you are a parent or if you are a caregiver of young children, I want you to consider what is happening with public school education. If you yes. if you're invested in the future of your children, you're invested in the future of your grandchildren, you may have to get together and consider a family plan. What are we going to yes. do? What are we going to do if the education system, if the bottom falls out on American education system? Because a couple of things I want to I want you to think about as we close here. Number 1, the public education school system is majority black and brown right now. A couple of year a couple of years back about 8 or 9 years ago was the first time that the system began to be predominantly black and brown students. As that shift began to happen, a lot of um non-black and brown parents began to pull their children out of the public school system. They began to put them in private and charter. So what does that what does that mean? What is the connection? If my children are not a part of it, I'm not as invested in keeping it going. If it's not affecting my children directly, I'm really not invested in making sure that this is a system that works for all children. So I want you as a parent, I want you to think about that. If they're willing to let this education system crash and burn because their children are not the predominant children in it anymore, what is it that you are going to be doing for your children to make sure that they have the proper education that they need? You may need to look into homeschooling. You may need to look into um, private schooling. You may need to look into a virtual school setting that allows your child to advance and accelerate as as needed. So those are some things that you might want to think about. And you are probably going to want to connect with your larger community. Some families are pooling their resources together. Some some families are saying, hey, you know, everybody's going to chip in. This is the system that we're going to, this is the system that we're going to go with. I've seen some families who are in the same city decide, hey, we're going to go the homeschooling route. And those of, those of us who are college educated, because most states, if you're homeschooling, most states um, have you have to have at least one person who is leading or teaching that has a college education. So some people are having to say, hey, who are our college educated family members? Who's willing to teach what subjects? 
so that we can get them certified with our state so that our children are not left behind. So think about what you may need to shift in your life in order to make sure that education is actually happening on grade level for your child. So again, thank you all for your time and attention. Can I ask you one quick question, Pastor Shante? Yes, and I'll see my if I can neighbor, answer it. My neighbor takes their grandbaby to the public library to a tutor room, mm-hmm. and she gets tutored in the library. Mm-hmm. So what I was going to say, is it possible? But I'm going to ask them to look into what you said. Is she certified to teach? Right. Does she have the right credentials to teach? Right. There are some public libraries that actually offer some form of tutoring. And then there are tutoring companies where the tutors actually go out and they meet their students in the library. You probably want to ask what company what company she's with and if that company requires her to be a certified teacher in her state. Okay. That's the questions you want to ask. Okay. All right. This has been another episode of Daring Dialogues. I want to, again, thank you all for your time and attention. Remember, light is the most daring opposition to darkness. So continue to go out and be what? Light. Light. Take care. Parents, I wish you all the best. Have a wonderful weekend. Those of us who join, those of you who join us for Sunday Dialogue, that will be on the Life Nation Facebook page at 2.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Take care, everyone, and God bless. Good night. Good night.